Alright, welcome to John Park's Workshop Halloween 2019 edition. And uh, I hope you all are in your Halloween costumes like I am. I don't want to be the only one. Uh, so this is my Halloween costume. You may have seen this before, but it's our good friend, the, uh, the goose mask. And I've got my whole goose get up here, including some uh, wings in case I need to get real vicious and mean with some shop owner who doesn't want to give up the goods. Honk! You know what I mean? Uh, so that's my, uh, I'm not going to actually wear that. I think I'm going to set that right over here, but probably that eyeball can, can be watching you. Let me move the camera a little bit. Eyeball will be watching you the whole show. Uh, and I'm cheating a little bit. I've got my, um, yellow, uh, socks, but I don't have my flippers on. I got these little mask or uh, little swim, swim fins here for my full blown costume. But here in the workshop, I'm going to wear some, uh, Orange Adidas, how do you like that? Uh, hey, all right, good. Hey, thanks, C. Grover, over in the Discord chat. Said so my audio levels are good. Uh, if you're joining us over on uh, Facebook or Twitch or anywhere really other than YouTube, where we are checking the chat, you might want to come over to our Discord server, the Adafruit Discord server, and there you will find uh, lots of good people talking about all kinds of good stuff. All right, uh, well, let's let's get things started. What are we doing today? Uh, Let's, let's start out with this, how about? I want to I wanna remind you that uh, we have a, an Ada box coming up. So uh, let's pop over to this. That is Ada box, uh, your countdown for Ada box 14. There are 31 days left to sign up. So uh, sign up and you'll get Ada box 14, which is going to be shipping in December, early-ish in December. It'll be a holiday uh, Ada box, and I'm going to guess you won't want to miss out. So don't miss out. Go there and sign up. Uh, there are usually a few subscriptions left, although a lot of people tend to roll their subscription over from, from uh, quarter to quarter, get the annual subscription. So um, we don't have unlimited spots open, but I'm sure you'll want to join in for the, for the fun and the unboxing and all that good stuff. So please go check it out. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, you know what I've got? Uh, I want to mention our jobs board. We have a jobs board over at jobs.adafruit.com. And if you look at the, uh, go to the site, search jobs, scroll on down. Uh, here's one from Adafruit. We're looking for someone to help out. Uh, so this is kind of a software bounty sort of situation. We're looking for some help with some filtering, some audio filtering, in fact. Uh, we have uh, PDM microphones, and we want some help with the uh, FIR sync filter. So uh, if you're interested, go apply online for that. And there's lots of other jobs available, too. So um, if you don't know, the Adafruit Jobs Board is free. It's free to post, and it's free to put your resume up if you're looking for work. So uh, it's a win-win situation. Go check it out, would you? Also, I want to mention a coupon code we have for today, and it has nothing to do with geese, but a different uh, fine friend of ours in nature, the Terrapin. Uh, and that's because we're going to be looking at some logo, some turtle logo stuff today. So Terrapin, uh, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, that's going to get you 10% off in the store, and you can use that to get all sorts of goodies. Um, and it's not good on gift certificates, subscriptions, or software, but it is good on physical things. And uh, I like to use that as a little bit of a segue into our uh, product of the week. 
And the product of the week pick that I have this week is this Max Botics Ultrasonic Rangefinder. Um, admittedly, it's a little late probably for you to set, set up your uh, haunted front porch with one of these, unless you happen to have one already. Um, I'll show you actually, I've got a little setup that I built a couple years ago for an installation. Uh, and it uses this rangefinder, which uh, is a sort of precision rangefinder. So you can dial in where in, it, in the distance that it can see you want to trigger things, which is really cool. Uh, so I had an installation where there was a, a large um, sculpture of a creature for a, for a movie premiere, and we wanted it to uh, make the creature's noises when, when people got about a foot and a half away. And so with this uh, ultrasonic rangefinder, I was able to dial in the distance where it would pay attention to objects getting in front of it. Um, in fact, let me show you that, that thing in action right now. How about, uh, let's go over to the main cam. That should work. So this little gizmo I've got right here, that's the, the rangefinder, and I've actually uh, built a little 3D printed case for it. And I'm using uh, a ethernet jack to be able to plug it into uh, an Arduino that I have over here with a sound uh, shield on top of it. And let me turn up my little amplifier here that I'm using to make noises. So there's an SD card that has some WAV files or MP3s, I think. Uh, let's see, is that, that should be it, yeah? No, maybe that's not, I don't know this amplifier that well. Ooh, good demo. All right, hold on. There we go. Okay. So now when something gets in front of that little gizmo there, we get a nice grunting sound. Let me uh, bring that over to the main camera so you can see this rangefinder. You should be able to hear that. All right. So there it is, and should stop triggering. I don't think anything big is in front of it. And now, hear those little grunting noises going off. Uh, funny thing about this was that I set it up yesterday for uh, to prepare for this demo, and then I forgot that I had it set up multiple times. So I kept walking by that part of the workshop and suddenly scaring myself half to death with uh, grunting uh, never beast noises. Uh, so. Be careful with these. Uh, but anyway, that's my product uh, of the week is the Max Botics Ultrasonic Rangefinder. You can go pick one up in the store. There's a few different ones, so uh, check the specs for different ranges and sensitivities and, uh, and other. There's even a super waterproof one that's inside, like a little housing. It looks very cool. Uh, all right, well, let's see. How about uh, we use that as a little uh, segue to jump in to our product of, or product of the week. We just did that. How about the Make Code Minute? There's an idea. All right, so let me bring bring this guy up here and that. Uh, and I'm gonna bring up my Chrome browser so I can see it. All right. Get ready for this. Okay, so for the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to do is show how you can use a pair of Circuit Playgrounds uh, with their infrared uh, ability to send and receive messages to each other along with USB HID keyboard emulation so that we can have essentially a remote control for a keyboard. You'll notice here in the simulator, if I 
press a button when I'm using this network infrared, it's right here, network infrared send and receive, then we get a second circuit playground that shows up. And when I press a button on one, you'll see the other one lights up the same corresponding button. Uh, in this simulator, you can also see uh, these messages being sent and received uh, inside of the console. And what it's doing when it sends, or rather when it receives, if it receives a, essentially the A button, which is indicated by a zero being sent, or the B button, which is indicated by a one being sent right here, then we're going to use this keyboard type A or keyboard type B that comes from this keyboard extension. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna switch to an overhead cam here, and you can see I'm just typing into a little ASCII art generator so you can see it nice and big. And here is one circuit playground. Uh, and what I'll do is I'll press a button on that. And you can see a B just showed up on the screen. I'll press it again. Another B just showed up. I don't have a lot of room there. Uh, and I'll, let me backspace some. And now when I press an, the A, we'll get A buttons showing up. So this is a way that you can use the infrared send and receive uh, to do something kind of sophisticated, which is create essentially a remote control for, could be media keys, like uh, pause and, and play for songs. It can be arrow keys. It could be joystick input and pretty much any key you want to type. And so that uh, is how you can use a couple of Circuit Playground Express boards inside of Make Code to create an infrared remote keyboard. And that is your Make Code Minute. Right. Uh, so let's see, what, what does that bring us to next? Ah, how about this thing? Let's take a look at the Make Code Arcade Game of the Week. So I'm going to bring my browser back and flip on over again to about this little view here. And so my Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week is Brain Cell Damage which is by Mobama X. And I'm gonna pop over to the MakeCode Arcade editor here, and let's create a large uh, view of the simulator. And this game is maddeningly hard. So uh, if you click A, it'll tell you how to, how to start. The first level is called Rage Quit, which gives you a little idea of how hard this game is. You have this uh, little character here that you can use your space bar to impel or propel, uh, give it a little impulse, that's the word I'm looking for. Every time you press it, it will sort of thrust the player sprite up and to the right. And then gravity uh, will take over. And as soon as you hit a wall like that, you die. Uh, it is impossibly hard. Uh, but the creator claims that all 15 or so levels are possible and have been tested uh, by some beta testers. But I thought this uh, was a really challenging game and worth checking out. If you uh, look at, I'll put a link in the uh, post for this. If you look at how this is generated, we have these tile maps here, which are these devilish uh, shapes that you have to wind your way through. And any collision with these black tiles will cause the um, 
end of the game and then you can see it uses the unique colors like here's a beige and a brown to indicate the start and end of each of the different levels and then if you get through uh, the last one it's it'll tell you you've won and you've lost 138 brain cells uh, I don't know that I'll live long enough to get good enough at this game to uh, to be able to beat it but I thought it was a really nicely put together game super super challenging and uh, it could be fun to put it on a device like a Pygamer or a PyBadge and uh, bring it on a long, long flight and see if you can, you can get good enough to beat it. So uh, that is my Make Code Arcade game pick of the week, which is called Brain Cell Damage by Mobama X. That one is devilish. In fact, I'd love to hear in the comments if anyone can get past, uh, say, level one or two. Hats off to you because that thing is murderously difficult. Uh, all right, well, now let's jump into our uh, project of the week. So for the project of the week, let me, uh, let me throw on my uh, downshooter cam here. And you'll see I've got a Circuit Playground. Uh, this is the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit with a TFT gizmo on it. And I have one here that's inside of this really nice uh, 3D printed case that was designed by the Ruiz brothers. And they even uh, built some affordances here for magnets. So you can stick this onto uh, a ferrous metal surface. I've just got a little steel plate here that I'm sticking it to, which keeps it from sliding around. But you can put it on your refrigerator or a locker or something like that. Um, and let's go ahead and plug this in. Actually, I'm gonna unplug my goose mask, which was charging. Go. Uh, in fact, this will be a little more fun if I put the goose mask on while I while I set this up. Um, you thought I was done with the goose thing, didn't you? But I'm not. All right, so I'm going to plug in my Circuit Playground Blue Fruit here, and you can see here. I showed this on uh, Show and Tell last night. It's running a uh, Turtle Graphics or Logo program on here. Um, and what I'll do is let me go over to my Moo uh, editor, which is what I'm using to uh, save my code onto there. Let's see, where did you go, Moo editor? Did I forget to make a Moo? I sure did. Hold on. Let's, um, how about, yeah, give me one second. I'm going to bring up a, create a new screen capture here of my Moo editor. And we'll have a bunch of little windows to sort of fit into each other. One second. Okay. So here comes the Moo editor. And let's also bring in the turtle right there. Okay, so uh, in the Moo editor, what you'll see here, and some of this will change, but this, this is pretty new. What we've got is a port of Turtle Graphics in Python, which is running on the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. And I believe this will run on M4 chips only. There's just not enough um, memory on some of the other boards. So this uh, ostensibly can be ported to our... Uh, any of our M4 boards, so maybe the Halo Wing M4 would be a, a good candidate as well since it has the screen on it. Um, so here, though, what I'll, what I'll show you is we have some boilerplate code, which this may change and get simplified, but this is essentially um, calling in the libraries that we need, calling in the Adafruit Turtle uh, library, for example, as well as the screen, and then doing some screen 
set up for the pins that are communicating with it, turning on the backlight, and uh, setting the size of the screen. So then below that, and I can zoom in here to make this a little more, uh, a little easier to see. Here's the part of it that is the, uh, the guts of the, the turtle graphics code. And so if you're not familiar with uh, turtle graphics, turtle graphics uh, and logo were created by Seymour Papert and uh, someone else whose name I'm forgetting and hopefully someone in the, in the chat will tell me back in the uh, 1960s as a programming language that was based on the concept of a small robot with a pen on it that can be programmed to move and drag its pen or lift its pen up to draw. And it teaches uh, some fundamental concepts of programming. So what we can see here is I have, um, I'm setting up things, uh, I've got a little array of colors that I can call. And then I'm using a couple of loops here to run through and essentially four times I'm going to do the following, which is uh, pick one of the two pen colors, set my pen down, uh, draw a circle, pick up my pen, wait a moment, and turn right. So let's, let's save that code and then watch on the turtle. You can see it runs through that code. That was, that was what we had on there. Uh, so, so we essentially get this iteration of five circles in four different angles. That's what this little right turn 90 is. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to bring up a, uh, a really nice, simple example. So if I look at Adam here, I have uh, a bunch of examples that I've made that I'll be putting in the guide. So um, basic square, is that a good one? It probably is. So let me just, I'm just going to copy that from here and go back to Moo and paste it and save it. So I've, I'm just saving the code.py directly to my turtle there. And you can see it's drawing a little nice red square. Um, so what I'm doing here, I'm, I'm creating some things so that I'm not necessarily putting in the, the numbers each time since I know the screen size is 240, half of that is 120. So I'm using some of those uh, values so that you could potentially just change your code in a couple of places and move to other screen sizes. Um, but what essentially I'm doing is I'm, before the pen is down, I'm setting the position of the turtle. So I'm just moving it somewhere. Uh, and then here is the key stuff. Once I set my pen down, I then run through this four times. So the first time I'm going to move the, the turtle forward one half of the gizmo screen size. So that's 120. In fact, I can, let's simplify that. Let's just type in some numbers. So I'll go 120 units or pixels on the screen. Then I'm going to take a right turn with the turtle by going 90 degrees to the right. Uh, and then I'm going to wait a moment. And then I loop through that four times. So if we uh, run that again, you can see I'm a little turtle there. Get that better into view. There you go. We get a little, uh, little square. Um, and so what we'll learn are some of the very basic things. And, and we've only ported a few things over. So turtle has quite a few capabilities now compared to in the early days. Uh, especially during so, sort of its peak of popularity in the 1980s, the early 80s, uh, where really what we could do is we could move the turtle with the pen up or down. Uh, we could, uh, which is sort of translation, moving it forward or backward is another command. Uh, in fact, if we set this to backward, let's see what happens. So I'm just going to say back and hit save. And what we should see is the turtle is going to kind of drive off the screen in the back. Right? Oh no, it's gone. And then it comes back down. So it's gone off, off that away by going backwards. Um, we can turn it, uh, and then we also have the capability to set its position explicitly, so you can move it to a coordinate uh, position. So that's what the set position is. This is also another 
phrase for that is go to, which I'll, I'll switch to to make it simpler. And uh, let me type those in. So what was I doing? I was having and having. So this is just be uh, negative 60 and 60, I believe. Let's save that. Let's see if that goes back to where we expect. Yeah. Okay. And then let me change this to forward. You can also do things like shortcuts like FD instead of forward. Um, and so we have this very basic implementation of these sorts of things. There's also uh, a couple of things that are a little convenience, like you saw me use that circle command earlier. Let's go uh, look again at uh, a circle. I'm going to jump back over to my um, Atom session where I have some saved. Let's see. What does this one do? Is this a... This one's fancy. Do I have a... Do I have a simple circle? Basic circle. There, I, I named it well. All right. Let's come back here and see what that looks like. Uh, okay. So again, I'm, I'm going to move to uh, the right sleep. Am I drawing circles in here? That doesn't look right. Did I paste that? Let's save it. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I see what I did. Okay, so from, from the uh, center of the screen, when we start this, this turtle, our little pen object is facing to the screen right. So at the beginning, I'm turning to the right, and then I decided to drive down to the bottom of the screen, uh, which is how I'm moving this forward half the screen. So let's go forward 120. Uh, actually, I found I went off the screen a little bit when I did that, so I'm going forward 119 units. Uh, and you can see I'm just setting pauses here so it doesn't all happen too quickly. Uh, and so once I've headed down, I turn to the right again, and that's only because I know how the circle is drawn is essentially going to the right and, or rather, yeah, to the, to the turtle's own left is, is this uh, sort of counterclockwise circle it does from down, up, and around. So uh, I reorient to that original orientation by turning left 90 degrees. I wait, uh, and here you can see I'm setting the pen color. There's a few... Uh, built-ins. Let's go to orange for Halloween. Uh, and then the circle uh, radius is what we're setting here, so 120. Uh, actually, I did 119 again just to not drive off by one pixel. And so this will drive down and give us an orange circle. Uh, so then as you can see, some of these earlier examples I showed, like that circle pedal, are a little more complex, and that's because we're using some uh, looping and things with them. What I'm going to do is go back to Adam and grab a uh, more complex example. How about uh, this spiral tube? Uh, so as you can see, it's uh, easy to teach some very simple basic programming concepts, but get really nice quick feedback. Um, so what I'll do is let me save this one. You can see. So what I've done here is I've headed down and I'm doing these circles again, uh, but I'm iterating through 24 times. And each time I iterate, I move the uh, position upward a little bit. So we get this nice sort of repeating uh, half circles that gives us this sort of tube look. Uh, and then we can also do a similar thing, but instead of just moving the circle, we can also adjust its radius each time. So 
here's a more of a tunnel effect with just a very small change to the code. So here again, we're starting down at the bottom like that first example, but every time we uh, start and end at the same position, but we make a smaller and smaller and smaller radius circle. So you can see here if I just did, let's say, four of them. And then if you remember that first example when we first started the, with the little circle petals, that was something I made after uh, seeing that. I said, oh, that would be kind of cool to do that, but stay in the center and do smaller uh, little tunnels of circles and rotate uh, around four times each time. So let's, uh, let's look at that one. And then I'll show you a variation on this, which is uh, the you can see I'm, I'm changing this four times, but now uh, what if we do it eight times, and instead of turning at a 90 degree angle, we'll turn at a 45 degree angle. So we'll get more of a flower petal type of shape with uh, doing this, as you can see, more times with a smaller angle. So you get some really cool sort of spirograph things. You can also do, um, some Lisajou curve types of things. One uh, effect that I think is really cool is creating sort of parabolic art, if you've ever done string art, by setting uh, straight line segments or pieces of yarn on pins and moving down and over to the right one unit simultaneously for every iteration. Uh, we get some really cool parabolic effects. So uh, I made one of these parabola cross. So let's take this one. And let's see, do I want to simplify it? Yeah, let's just do one of them first. So I'm just going to comment out a chunk of that code. So what you'll see here is, let me go big for a second. Resave that. Ah, you can see also I'm using this little uh, technique of the dots. So you'll see some dots show up. And then you can see my parabola getting drawn. So let's see if I can move even closer on that and still focus. There we go. Uh, so let me save that one more time. And that's just a way of resetting the board. And so you can see those individual lines. There's no curve here. Uh, there's just straight line segments, but sort of like how polygons work on a 3D model, uh, we use a lot of uh, segments of small things to generate that um, appearance of a curve, even though there's, there's nothing curved in there at all. Uh, so if I uncomment, let's go back to moose, you can see this. So I'm going to uncomment here, uh, what am I doing? So first I'm uh, setting some positions. Uh, okay, let's go to the top. I've, I've created a little um, procedure called vert, and vert moves my turtle somewhere and leaves a, uh, a dot, and then moves somewhere else and leaves a dot, moves somewhere, leaves a dot. So I've got this little set of uh, four locations that I'm going and leaving these dots. Uh, and then I'm looping through, so I have uh, from 0 to 11 these line segments that all uh, place their xy coordinate and they move the y-coordinate down towards the center as they move the x-coordinate out to the right. And then I'm simply uh, picking the four 
uh, sets of coordinates. So you can think of it as positive, 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 negative, 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 and negative, positive on x and y. So this is four uh, quadrants. So if I save that one to the board now, go to big O vision. Now we get this uh, really cool kind of three-dimensional uh, disk star thing. I don't know what its name, saddle something. Um, and I thought that was a really cool effect to get from what is uh, a relatively simple thing. By the way, I just realized I still have my duck thing on. That's kind of ridiculous. I kind of wish I had talked to you the whole time wearing the duck uh, mask. I feel like that could have been nice. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, Destel says, uh, Davis Dell says, nice to see the turtle library get some screen time. Right on. Uh, let's see, I just wanted to see if I had any other key examples I wanted to show you. Um, there is definitely some fancy stuff uh, that uses things like fractals uh, and other uh, techniques to do really impressive graphics. Let me uh, paste some of these back into Moo and show you. Where did my Moo go? Moo, where are you? There you are. So here we have some uh, sort of fractal snowflake-like things. We have actually some really cool snowflake code that I think uh, Carter wrote, and I forgot to, to make it easy to get to. So I'll, I'll show that. Uh, yeah, I don't have that right here. I'll show that in the guide. Uh, however, here is some more uh, Sierpinski triangle action fractals. And let's see, the one other that I wanted to show you is, uh, I was looking for if anyone had done some nice uh, Christmas trees inside of Logo. Let me switch back to Moo here for a moment. Um, and I've, I found one, I'll put the link in the, uh, in the code. Did I not save it here? I thought I had put a comment with the uh, code, but I found a Python challenge online where someone had uh, created a really great Christmas tree. Let's see, is this the, I hope this is the version I think it is. Yeah. So you can see there's this little repeating procedure. So every branch is made of the same thing that the tree is made of, and it's just rotating and scaling. Uh, there's a little scale factor for them. And then I also put in some, uh, I added in some, uh, some little ornaments there. Uh, unfortunately, that's a little blown out. Let me see if I can bump the exposure down. There we go. Let's remove this excess one. And let's draw that again. So yes, I know today is Halloween and I did not do a pumpkin, but what's coming up next? Well, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, so here's a Christmas tree. And let me show you one other funny thing. I'm going to pull my mic off for a second and set it down there. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll plug in a, a different one where it's exposed. But uh, I think it was Melissa who noticed that you can sort of hear things happening on the board if you're, uh, if you're grounding the audio pin. Let me reset this one. Oh, I'm also glitching it out. Yes, yeah, so you can do glitch art. <laughs> let, me, let me do that one more time with the mic nearby. 
Yeah. All right. So that's uh, we're already circuit bending our poor um, little turtle there. Um, but there, there you go. There's a, a nice, nicer little view of our uh, turtle 3D model that was uh, designed by the Ruiz brothers. And uh, let's see. I think that covers everything. Uh, I also wanted to point out that uh, back here, actually, let's go to the main cam. Uh, I've got just a few of my eyes projects there uh, that I worked on with the monster mask. So there's, a, there's an awful lot of skulls and masks and uh, candy buckets and things. So I am totally prepared. These are going to be uh, set out in the front to uh, entertain and terrify all the little kidlings uh, coming by. Uh, and that is it. So uh, thank you so much for stopping by. And before we go, I wanted to remind you that our coupon code for today will get you 10% off in the store. It is Terrapin. Um, it has nothing to do with geese. Sorry about that. Oh, look at these. Um, yeah, you know what? You can get these sort of angel wings and then cut them, up, cut them in half in the middle and then you can attach them to your arms. So that gives you, just in case you're still looking for some last second uh, goose honking action, go to your Halloween store and get some wings. Uh, all right, well, that is all. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. This has been John Park's Workshop for Aders Fruit Industries. I'm John Park, and I will see you next time. Happy Halloween.